Welcome to A Fistful of Might, the Adversarial Libertarian Interview Podcast, a supplemental podcast to the Lulberts Podcast, available at thelulberts.com. This podcast is covered by a Creative Commons Zero license, no rights reserved, but all mights reserved. Today we'll be sitting down with Dan Taxationist Theft Berman. He is a software engineer, podcaster, YouTuber, and presidential hopeful running for the Libertarian Party nomination for presidency of the United States of America. So, how are you, man? I'm doing pretty good. Sounds good. Um, so, you're running for president. <laughs> why you? That I am. Uh, why not? Um, no, I, I think uh, it's, it's a great question. I mean, I think, you know, the first thing we have to look at is why... A libertarian or why someone who's not democrat or republican and i think that's pretty obvious for most people they're they're getting tired of these this two-party system jerking us around and ripping us off and stealing from us and sending us to war um and you know once we once we get to the understanding that we need someone that's not from the two major parties i think um uh, i'm i'm probably the best option because my ability to message with people who are coming from the Democrat and the Republican Party um, to understand that this libertarian philosophy is the best for them. Okay. And I know there's a lot of other uh, – should, I probably should have led with this question, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> um, so are, do you consider yourself like an anarchist or a small government type or – Decline to um, man, is <laughs> getting into labels. Um, I, I try to stay away from labels just sure. because. I mean, I could call myself. Uh, I, I don't know. I used to identify as an ANCAP, um, but plenty of anarchists say I'm. I'm not an anarchist. Um, I. I don't really fit into a specific group because I like. I, I really like to take my ideology and basically be able to go to say you know, to an anarchist and say, Hey, with my philosophy, your anarchy is totally acceptable. I could go to a libertarian and say, with my philosophy, um, your, you know, your ideology is totally acceptable. Um, that, that's really the big picture is, is to come up with a system that's acceptable for everybody. And, you know, we've even got people who are, you know, they call themselves, uh, lib socks or libertarian socialists or, or anarcho communists or, you know, all these weird varieties. Um, you know, as long as we can find a way that, you know, something that allows you, if you want to live in a commune, fine, go for it. Um, but if we can figure out a way where we can all kind of coexist without treading on each other, uh, then I, I think that's the best way to go. Okay. Um, yeah, because anytime I ever talk to anyone about labels and stuff like that, everybody's just like, oh, this person's not a libertarian because they don't agree with this. Or I've, right. I've had people tell me that... Um, David D. Friedman isn't a real libertarian, even though he's an ANCAP, he just doesn't subscribe to the non-aggression principle. So it's like everybody has their different definitions of things. So I can understand that. Um, but there's yeah, like, totally. there's like other candidates that are in the running. Like, do you like any of them? Like, would you endorse any of them had you not been running? Or yeah. I is think, there a reason why you think you're better than them? <laughs> um, well, I'm just awesome. Um, 
No, I, I think I, I think most of the people that are running that I've met and and had the pleasure of actually spending time with and talking to um, or debating, I, I think they're really awesome people. Uh, for the, uh, there are a couple that I'm kind of like, eh, you know, but I don't want to say too much about it publicly uh, because I haven't had that much time to get to know. Um, and then there are some that are kind of on the horizon that uh, have not officially announced, and and some people are trying to recruit them. Um, and, and those people I'm, you know, I'm looking at their history and where they came from and, and what they're all about. And it's really hard to say that I could endorse them. So, um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to keep an open mind with that, but I mean, you know, when Gary Johnson got, uh, got the nomination in, in 2016, I was, I, I even went in thinking like, okay, you know, McAfee's my guy, but if, if Johnson wins, I'll still support him. And then he won, and then he gave this victory speech. And as soon as he gave the victory speech, and he said taxation is theft, and everybody cheered for him, I was like, "That's a lie! You just lied to everybody." Because I know you don't believe taxation is theft. Mm-hmm. And um, it was like at that point, I was just like, "Okay, you're a libertarian, quote unquote," but I can't support you. Yeah, I mean, I, I think libertarianism is a. I, I'm a big tent guy, so I'm okay with minarchists calling themselves libertarian. I, I know a lot of right. people don't, but it's just like, I, I, yeah, it's. It, like that was the thing like even though like he was pushing the fair tax and everything else and i was like okay but he's still mostly libertarian i'll totally support that but then it was just like the fact that he was lying and pandering i was like uh-uh, that's like red flag mm-hmm. well yeah taxation is theft unless it's fair <laughs> right <laughs> there's no such thing as a fair tax <laughs> and the, yeah there was a, the the fair tax isn't fair and the flat tax isn't flat um right that was actually a good. That was a good little lecture that I learned. Uh, saw, but uh, you know, there's not too many opportunities that I get to ask this question. It would be you and the Pope, but uh, but I have to ask, like, what's with the hat? <laughs> oh man, don't you just love it? Yeah, um, <laughs> well, yeah I do. So, <laughs> so that was actually that actually came from uh, uh, the Johnson thing, and, and kind of when I had my um, uh, my parting of ways from from you know what the libertarian party decided to do i started going around the convention after i heard him give his his victory speech and i was asking everybody um you know is taxation theft and i got either a yes of course it is or it, for some reason it always started out with well and and then like some excuse about how it's not theft and um and so and then the clear divide was the people who said no were the were the johnson supporters and everybody else you know basically voted for one of the other candidates. Um, and so when I saw that, I was like, okay, I need to, um, you know, first of all, I'm going to, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to start spreading the message that taxation is theft throughout the world. Um, and, and I started the, the brand of the podcast, the, the online shop with swag and everything. Taxation is theft cards, um, the stamps where you could stamp your money that says taxation is theft. And I got a table at the, at the 2018 convention to sell all this stuff and like, you know, get this out there to the libertarians. Um, even though we had, you know, we had like this big online presence already. And, uh, I was just like, okay, I need more stuff. I need more stuff. So I was like, what can I do? How can I make this huge? I got the eight by eight foot backdrop that said taxation is theft all over it. Um, I had yard signs. I had, you know, everything. And I was like, I need more. What's the, what's the, um, what's the, the icing on the cake? What's the cherry on top? What is it? And, uh, I, I just came up with the hat. And, uh, and and that was that. So I started walking around the convention, and it worked so well, um, and, and everybody loved it so much that I just decided to keep that as part of the taxation is theft branding. That's yeah, fair enough. Uh, like I'm a big fan of the residents. I don't know if you're familiar with that band. 
No. no. Okay. So the, the residents, they're they're very big on um, uh, kind of like having like a little icon, uh, which is the top hat and the eyeball. So, I mean, it's recognizable. Like you, you see that hat and you're going to be like, oh, that's that guy. Or you see the, the eyeball right. and the top hat and you see that. You can see the outline of the Simpsons and you know right away. Like it's iconic. So, oh, yeah, guys, yeah, that's, that's, not a bad, uh, that's not a bad idea. It's attention grabbing. Yeah, and it works really great for memes too, because you can just take like a like a movie where you know something happens that's very anti-tax, or like uh, like what's what's his name from Parks and Recreation? Um, uh, Why well, can't I think of his name? But you know, whenever he does, yeah, Ron Swanson. Anytime he does anything, you just like throw the hat on him, and it's like all of a sudden it's a campaign meme. Yeah, um, and, you know, so it works really well. Yeah, uh, and taxation is theft is your middle name. Now you 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 said that it's. What was it? It's it's legally not your middle name, but not officially. Like what? What is? How did you? It's it? it's. I changed it lawfully, but not legally. Okay. So uh, basically, it's my name. I get to decide what I'm called. Um, so I changed it by declaration, which is legal according to the law. You can change your own name by declaration, but it's a different process than going to the court and asking, "Please, master, can I change my name?" Yeah. Um, you know, because free men don't ask for permission. So you know, it's it's my name. It's not theirs. I'm the one who decides. You know, if I want to change it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm Jim Jesus. That's what everyone. I mean, my friends call me that, so I guess that's. Would that be lawful since I've declared it? it yeah, it, I mean, like, yeah, I if, if, as Jim Jesus too. So exactly. I mean, you could, um, you could use that name um, as, uh, you know, you get your phone bill or your cable bill. You're allowed to use that name. Oh, nice. Um, so hmm. it's, it's this was actually really interesting because I was trying to figure out how to unplug myself from the system and kind of go off grid, and I found out that is, is you that know, is that why your electricity's out right now and your thing's beeping? No, <laughs> no <it's, laughs> we should we should mention that because I'm sure someone's like, why is that beeping in the background? Yeah, your power's out right. at the moment. Okay, <laughs> yeah. So my my yeah no, it's it's funny. I have this friend. I had this friend for 10 years. Whenever I would talk to him on the phone, I would hear the same beeping in the background, but it was his, it was his uh, smoke detectors and oh. the batteries were just always low for 10 years. I don't know. <laughs> they never died. They were just always beeping. Um, well, now no, you know what to get him for Christmas. Just get him a pack of nine volt batteries. There you go. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm down here in Mexico and we just had a little, uh, rainstorm and, and the power went out. Oh. So it's, um, it's kind of it's state operated electricity. So, you know, for people who think the government is great at building infrastructure, no. When it's a private corporation and the power goes out, they make sure to get that power back on within like minutes. Yeah, they're losing. Uh, yeah, exactly. When it's the government, it's like, eh, we don't care. Yeah. Not my problem. Pass the buck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like they'll leave the power out for days and, uh, and you know, they don't care that they're losing money because it's, it's a government operation. There's no profit or shareholders or anything else. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, Mexico, you're in, you're in Mexico. So, um, yeah. tell me, what are your thoughts on immigration since you got, you got, you, since you got your uh, ground on the feet over there? Your feet yeah. On the ground, I mean, <laughs> so I've been hanging out with Patrick from Disenthrall too much and the whole like putting your ass where your mouth is stuff. It's like, what? Wait, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it's 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 really interesting. I've learned a lot being down here. And, um, you know, as far as immigration, I mean, I haven't seen any rapists or murderers while I'm down here. Um, there's you know, we do have the problem of, of drug cartels and everything. But even, you know, I live I live near some big tourist cities where um, cartels are killing each other. And, and you'll you know, the, the police will find severed heads or, or severed bodies, I guess, um, in the in the middle of the street. And uh 
you know, on display, like this is the warning sign, but you know, they usually leave like, or they have left in the past messages for the tourists that basically say tourists don't be afraid. Uh, this is just gangs versus gangs. We're not here to hurt tourists. Uh, keep bringing your money in, buying our stuff and <laughs> spending your money here. So it's, you know, it's, it, it is really interesting. And if you think about it, that's what a lot of crime is in the U S like, you know, there, yes, innocent people get robbed and, and murdered and, and, all kinds of bad things happen, but you have a lot of gang on gang crime. And that's not something that most ordinary citizens are worried about. If you're not uh, dealing drugs on someone else's territory, you don't have to worry about being murdered. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's not really, it, really, it's, assuring, it's really though, is it though? <laughs> like you, you see, a yeah, head, you're walking around at the door. It's like, Yee! and it's like, don't worry, you're safe. It's just these other guys. It's like, how am I though? Right. It's, I mean, look, it's, here's the thing. You look at the actual crime statistics and Mexico's savage. I mean, look, they'll, they'll print, you know, there's a dead body. You've got the picture of the body with like blood pouring out everywhere on the cover of the local newspaper. And they'll just shamelessly, shameless, shamelessly, why can't I talk? Post everything. I'm it to you. But, <laughs> but, um, when you look at like the papers in the U.S., they'll show like a mugshot of somebody and say like, you know, murder, like all these horrible crimes and those show mugshots. Like they don't show all these graphic pictures. So I think like uh, some of it is, is the culture of what's acceptable and what's not. And then you kind of put them in the same framework and Mexico looks scarier. But when you look at the actual crime stats per capita and a lot of other stuff, a lot of Mexican cities are much safer than American cities. So um, it's, it's, you just hear about it uh, more in Mexico. Okay. So uh- how'd you get into Liberty? Like what, what was, what was your moment? I guess, if anything, um, I would say the first one was probably when I was, uh, I was in high school selling candy bars and I got busted for that. Um, I saw all the other kids. Yeah. I, I mean, all the other kids were selling their candy bars, but they were like, you know, these like shitty, you know, those little generic chocolate, whatever they're called $1 a bar. Yeah. And I was like, man, and I went down to like the, the, you know, the local, it was called the smart and final. It was kind of like a Costco yeah, or something. We have smart. And uh, here. I, bought, I love them. Yeah. So I bought like the big, like King size, uh, you know, so I had like these King size Snickers and, and Butterfingers and everything, like the good stuff. And I was selling them for a buck a piece and I was making like 50 cents profit on them. And, uh, and I got caught and I'm like, wait, what am I getting caught for? Is I, I see all the other kids. Oh, you have to be a part of a school sanctioned uh, fundraising program in order to blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, that's a bunch of bullshit. Um, you know, you're supposed to be teaching me like I'm supposed to be in school. I'm supposed to be learning about how free this country is and, and the American way, starting a business, pulling myself up, but my bootstraps and all that. And it's like, oh, no, you, you can't you can't sell You can't buy a product and sell it for a higher price, especially not on school grounds. That's it. Um, so you could break yeah, even so, though, right? Um, oh, I no, I was turning. Oh no. I mean, theoretically, uh, if they, if they were telling you, you couldn't turn a profit. Like right. what, what if you just told them like, oh, I'm just breaking even. I'm just doing this as a public service because your other chocolates right. good. That's, um, I don't know. I never <laughs> tried that, but, but well, Get here's the a time machine thing. and try it out and then let me know. <laughs> right. No, here's the interesting thing. The rules don't really matter. Cause these guys are, they're, they're really just tyrants. Can mm-hmm. I swear? Yeah. Um, yeah, they're fucking tyrants. Okay. Um, so, so I have, there was this kid who was supporting my campaign and he was like, man, I love what you're doing. Can you send me some stuff? So we sent him a, a, a hat and some flyers and stuff and, and he was going to, you know, give it out to his friends and everything. 
And um, he's wearing his hat at school. This is in Florida. And we did this. We, we, there was a story posted about it. Um, but basically, they told him, you can't wear your hat. Um, it, it's not allowed by school policy. And he said, well, but wait a minute. You said the school policy before in one of these you know, meetings, school meetings. The policy was you can wear your hats as long as it's in the outdoor area where he was. And they said, no, no, that's not the policy. You can't wear hats at all. And so, you know, he told me about this. We looked up the law. The school didn't actually have any policy published on their website, but we went to the state law and the state's law says schools can make their own policies about clothing or, you know, whatever um, dress code. But there are certain exceptions. And one of them was students are always allowed to wear hats in outdoor areas. So he went back to the school. He was suspended for a week. He went back to the school anyway. He printed out the law. He brought it in with his mom when, you know, when they had the, 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 teacher conference and everything to, to get him back into the school and they showed them state law and the school said well that law doesn't apply here we make our own policies <laughs> like th- this is it's literally tyranny it's we don't need to pass a law we're just going to enforce it anyway and what can you do right like it, it, it's it's insane and you can't fire them because because the uh the the union right they have there and you could you could take your kids out and you could say we'll do homeschool or we'll do private school, but you're still paying for the public school mm-hmm. even if you're not going there. Yep. So it's like you're paying double now. Yeah, I had I had an experience like that. not like that, but well, no, no. I, I remember there was a uh, there was a time where I had a, a three eleven shirt, and we had this really overzealous uh, vice principal who was banning like anything that she even heard remotely was like it, it, we weren't allowed to wear safety pins because that meant uh, white supremacy, even if a black person wore it. Uh, but one of them was 311 wow. shirts, and this was in the 90s, so 311 was super popular, and I was in junior high. Uh, of course, I'm going to listen to 311. Uh, but we couldn't, we couldn't wear 311 shirts because that meant three times the 11th letter, which is KKK. And it's like, wait, one of their singers is Hispanic. What, what, what are you even talking about? That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's the phone number to get my water service turned on. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I, that's actually, that's interesting. I mean, this one's a little bit worse, but um, it, when I was in middle school, I think the big controversy was was the bad religion t-shirts because mm. it had a, it, it said bad religion and it had a cross on it. Um, and of course, and you know, oh, that's circle an- crossed through it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's anti-cross. That's anti, uh, anti-Christ. Yeah. Anti-religion. Um, yeah. So that was, but yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a thin line. Yep. And it's a slippery slope. Yep. But I was allowed to wear it because my dad raised a fuss. He was like, it doesn't mean that. Their singer is Hispanic. He's wearing it to school today. And they just right. let me wear it from now on. And I think they probably end up changing it. Who knows after I left? Um, yeah. And it's, I mean, like the the idea is it's supposed to prevent disturbances while students are trying to learn. But it's like, it, it, it doesn't have to create a disturbance. It just has to piss off a teacher who, <laughs> you know, thinks like, oh, you damn little millennial kids with your rock band music garbage. You know, it's like. That's all, and especially when you're talking about oh, so the the hat that this kid got banned for it said taxation is theft, um, and you know a, a lot of school administrators hate that because uh, no taxation is my paycheck. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, they they see it a little bit different. Yeah. So what what got you into the LP? I actually uh, it was kind of by coincidence. I was um, I had just watched uh, uh america freedom to fascism and i was learning about how the irs is a scam and that kind of turned me on to ron paul and the i think it was the we the people organization which kind of turned me on to the tea party which at the time was just being hijacked by the republicans yep. um and i was just looking for like-minded people that could fight this fight with me because i was i was already fighting the irs on my own 
taxes at the time because um, I was getting robbed. They didn't want to pay it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I've always kind of been like into, you know, okay, I want to learn something new. What can I do? Going to meetups, improving my photography and everything else. And and uh, so, so one of the things I was like was public speaking. Okay, so I found a Liberty Toastmasters group, which just so happened to be, and I still had no idea what the Libertarian Party was at this point. Never heard of them. Uh, but I go to the Liberty Toastmasters group, and it turns out it's run by the Bear County LP, and they just I got along with them really well, and and they brought me in, and and that's that story. Oh, okay, that's fair. Yeah, I used to be involved in the LP, uh, and then I left because they nominated Bob Barr. So, uh, but, <laughs> but I've been kind of sticking my toe in every once in a while to see what's going on, and. Uh, yeah. And then when I moved here to Vegas, I got kind of sort of involved with them, and then Brett Prohanas left, and I kind of fell off. But Vegas is really... awesome because you you've got some you've got some great people out there. I mean, Erwin Schiff was out of Vegas most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Joe Bannister and uh, Dave Champion out there, and unfortunately, we have David Allen or uh, David Wayne. No, no, what was his name? <laughs> Wayne Allen Root. <laughs> we also oh have yeah, here, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, but, but he left the LP, so everybody's like, "Yes, all right." <laughs> um, but I mean, if he ran for office, like if he ran for for some office, it, it'd be tempting to be like, "Yeah, he's not nearly as bad as the other Republicans, but he's still really terrible." <laughs> it's tempting. So yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, that's you know, I've kind of taken that approach myself because I, I realize there are a lot. I mean, the LP is a huge organization. Of course, there's going to be people you disagree with, um, and I've kind of, I've kind of been going through this journey of figuring out, you know, exactly where my place is with them and what I can do outside of them um, to promote the ideas of liberty. So it's, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's, I'm not, I'm not, I've got one foot in and one foot out. Fair enough. Yeah. I I think the, the LP is useful. I mean, I don't know about you. You're, you're running for office, so you probably have a very different opinion, but I I think that they're more useful in, using that stage to convey the uh, the messages rather than actually getting people elected. Uh, but if they right. can, well, that's, that, I mean, it's better. It's better than nothing. Yeah, I mean, look, here's the thing. Like, it's not like people are just going to say, oh, well, we're sick of Democrats and Republicans. Let's vote for Libertarians. Like, we, we need to... Um, you know, we need to to change that conversation in the entire country. And once people start talking like, oh, yeah, well, it looks like government keeps screwing everything up. Maybe we should try less government. Once we get to that, then we'll start seeing libertarians get elected. But I mean, for now, everyone thinks, no, that idea of libertarianism is crazy. So it's our job to make sure that we we get this idea out there. I mean, look, you look at Democrats and Republicans and they've been creating those brands for the past hundred years um, and Everybody knows them and they kind of know what they stand for or they think they know what they stand for. They think Democrats are for working people and Republicans and and minorities and Republicans are for, um, you know, lower taxes and business owners and the wealthy. Like that's kind of the perceptions that people have in their heads. And when you ask about libertarians, like everyone, everyone's kind of kind of clueless. They haven't created that brand yet. And that's something that takes a lot of time and a lot of energy teaching and, you know, so so there's the, that question of, well, is your campaign to teach and educate people or is it to win the office? And it's like, well, that's like asking you're going on a road trip. Are you going to put gas in the car or are you trying to get where you're going? Well, you got to put gas in the car if you're going to get where you're going. You have to change this conversation and you have to teach this to millions of people if you want to get someone elected. So um, it's, it's you know, we have to fight for both. But we also have to realize that, you know, we're it, it, it's not like um 
if there's one new Democrat who's never run before and one new Libertarian who's never run before, it's not an equal race. Just the fact that they have Democrat next to their name, they're, they're part of that billion-dollar brand. And we have to create that. We have to create the new billion-dollar brand that's going to replace the old one. And and that's that's where a lot of the effort has to come. Okay. So I think we kind of skipped over because we got, we got distracted by the cartels. <laughs> but what was <laughs> what was your stance on immigration? Uh, are yeah. You, so are, are, you, I'm, are you for the wall or anything? No, I'm I'm very open borders. I, I've you know I myself have traveled to I don't know how many countries and I've seen all the immigration processes and how ridiculous it is. Um, and, and like like you can look at it this way: immigration is is restriction of movement of people. And governments also have, um, you know, of course, restriction of movement of goods and services and money across borders. And the, it's all about money. That's always what it is. I mean, look, anybody can can come to the U.S. if they have enough money. Um, and and the, the government's interest is in money. They, it, it has nothing to do with blocking people or anything else. Um, most of these politicians are, are solely interested in money. Who's going to give them money to allow them entry into the country? Um, and, you know, this is why we see uh, import export controls with, you know, oh, well, if you pay if you pay a tax, then, yeah, you can get your stuff in here. Um, and it's it's really destructive to our rights. I mean, we don't allow that type of restriction going from California to Texas or Nevada. Um, why not? And well, maybe, oh, maybe we should restrict immigration from California to Nevada. Though. Yeah, a lot of people are idea. suggesting that. Um, <laughs> Can, we, but, make, can uh, we make California pay for the wall? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, some people want to build the wall at, on the the east side of California, so that California <laughs> and Mexico are you know out there. Um, but yeah, it's you know we we don't do that, and we understand that that's, that has a lot to do with freedom. Um, and you know, it's 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 kind of a human right when you look at it. Now, I understand at the same time, we have a lot of issues at the border and, you know, we can't just take down and, you know, take down all of our defenses and allow everybody to just start walking across because we have those problems, which were created by government. But we can fix those problems by ending those programs like the the war on drugs and the welfare programs and everything else. You get rid of those programs and most of the problems go away overnight. So um, I, I think that's the first place to start. And I know it's idealistic, but I would love to just live in a world where there are no borders, where you can fly a plane from California to Texas without going through immigration and then from Texas to Canada or Ukraine or Russia or China or Hong Kong or Australia, like anywhere uh, and not have to like go through an explanation of who you are and where's your passport from and all this other nonsense. Yep. I'm pretty much on board with that. Like I'm, I'm, I've been going through a lot of changes in terms of my libertarianism. Like I really flipped, we should, we should talk about this since I did have a switch on abortion. Like when I started the show, I was very like pro pro, uh, pro choice. And then I'm slowly starting, I mean, yeah, really slowly. Cause it's been many years and I'm starting to go far more pro-choice or excuse me far more pro-life but uh what say you so um i, I get asked this a lot and this is the third rail though in libertarianism, right. yeah <laughs> yeah no and, and and it is the third rail and a lot of libertarians say well as libertarians we talk about this um but it's i think it is important to talk about um but i, I think i think you know i i don't think we're at the place where we can actually have the real conversation yet um, about which which the real conversation is is abortion murder, which everybody says, well, obviously, and then yes or no, um, but we can't agree on that. But before we have that conversation, we need to understand what it is that we're actually talking about. 
Um, and we need to understand that like, this is an extremely polarized and emotional conversation. And most of the time when we get into a conversation, we usually just end up yelling and screaming our opinion and we don't listen to the other person when realistically both sides have good points. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's understandable that somebody wants to say you're killing a, a life um, and that's murder. And then it's also understandable to say, yeah, but this is my body and I don't want the government to control what I do with my own body. They, they're, they're both valid arguments. Um, you get into like all kinds of other conversations about, you know, whether it's like evicting a baby and like all these other things. And yeah, we can have those conversations, which, which we should, but we have to get over the, this, um, this idea that we're right, we're right, we're right. And we have to be able to, to actually have a conversation and not just yell things at each other. Um, and, and that said, like what I've, what I've really started to come to believe about this conversation is that whatever the solution is, it's a, it's a societal issue and not a government issue. We can't just have the government come in and say, you know, we're going to vote and whoever has the majority, they're going to get their way. Um, we can't have, you know, oh, well, we don't need a majority. We just need a handful of Congress people, a majority in the Congress, which is, you know, point zero 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 one percent of the entire population to pass a law. And now it's legislated. We don't need that because that's that doesn't represent the, you know, the general public. Um, what we need is we need to get to a point where we can agree on some consensus. I mean, you look at some places in the Middle East where it's okay to chop somebody's hand off because they stole something. Um, that's socially acceptable. That's just, it's it's not barbaric in their culture. It's just the way things are handled. And here we look at that and say, oh my God, that's barbaric. No, just put them in a jail cell for 10 years or make them pay, repay the person they stole from somehow, right? We have a totally different approach and that makes it a societal issue, not a government issue. And the same thing could be said about um, about abortion, where you have, you know, two different cultures, even within the United States, where one says, you know, oh, you have an unwanted pregnancy, terminate it. And the other one says, no, that's a, that's a human life. You cannot terminate it. The, it's a culture clash. And we need to we need to first understand that. And then we need to get these cultures to have a civilized, rational conversation together. I know that's extremely difficult, but yep. that's what needs to happen. And we need to figure out what is the best solution. And maybe it's not, you know, maybe it's it's, you know, um, maybe there is some middle ground, um, you know, that it doesn't have to be 100 percent pro-life or pro-choice. There might be some sort of compromise where where everybody's happy. But if we're not having the real conversation, if we're just yelling at each other, then of course we're not going to compromise ever. Yep. Yeah. And I've, I've been looking at this rationally every time I talk about it and I do that with every issue, even if it's really emotional, even if it's emotional for me. And I mean, that's why I'm slowly making that thing and I'm really listening to things, but yeah, those are two big things. That I just, it's like, is it, is it a woman's body issue or is it murder? It's like, I, I don't right. know when, when does the ghost enter the machine? Right. And, the, and there's, uh, you know, I, I grew up in California, so I was very Democrat, you know, very pro-choice. Um, and, and but then uh, I read Ron Paul's book, and that was actually that actually got me to think very much pro-life. Um, but I can still, you know, like I said, I can still see the valid arguments on both sides. Now, at the same time, you hear all kinds of crazy shit that's thrown out. That's like, oh, but what about rape and incest and everything else? And and apparently that accounts for something like one percent of abortions, and even in, in or sorry, one. Per- that, that accounts for 1% of, uh, what is it? Is it 1% of abortions or something like that? But most of the people in those situations who do have a child from from rape or incest usually decide that they want to keep the baby anyway, like 30 or 60% or something. So it's like, 
it like when you start bringing up those arguments, it's like, yeah, but that's a very, very small population. Let's talk about the bulk majority, which are just people who are, you know, they're fooling around having sex with everybody and getting pregnant and not really caring about. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, I, I think that's the bigger, that's the bigger issue. So we don't want to mix in now rape and, and incest and, and try to say, you know, let's use that to justify the, the other 99% of, of these scenarios. Um, but again, that's, that, that's kind of outside of, of, you know, the conversation of, okay, but is it still a life and does this person deserve to be murdered, uh, because of, um, uh, you know, because of the way that they were created, um, and you know, and when does life begin, and all these other, all these other interesting philosophical questions that we could talk about all day. Yep. So, um, I think there's an election coming up for chairman, right? For the LP. What yeah. What's it called? What is? It? Yeah, for the uh, for the chair. Yeah, it's oh, chair, the, chair, chair. Yeah. So, what are chair, your thoughts on Nick Sarwak and the uh, candidates running so far, or do you not have so an opinion? I, <laughs> I think Nick is not running. Um, oh, oh, I, I think oh, I think he's kind of stepping down from what I understand. Um, I've seen a lot of campaigning from um, uh, Josh Smith, uh, who's really awesome. He actually ran in 2018 and didn't quite make it. Um, he was uh, the one with the Mohawk. I, uh, that is um, Mike. Uh, what's his name? <laughs> Anyways, Mike. Call him Mike. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Let's call him Mike. <laughs> um, oh, I I totally suck for not remembering his, his last name right now. Um, you have to know everybody's name, right? What is Aleppo? I Was do. That? I yeah. do. No, um, <laughs> I'm just teasing. <laughs> I'm googling um, it right now. I think I know who you're talking about. It's it's not the guy that runs the 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 Libertarian and Chair twitter account no he's it's, it's the other no guy. he's so, yeah um, i actually I've, i saw them debate and I, I did like that the the guy that wasn't that and didn't have the mohawk that was a guy i liked <laughs> so if you're right. bad with names i'm terrible with names too and um yeah yeah and i i mean look they're 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 both great guys um i i think um the josh smith has been has been kind of pushing something that's really important to me and i think that's kind of probably why i i, I side with him a little bit more at this point um, and that's, that's the advertising and marketing. And, you know, it goes back to what I said before, like, you know, we're, we're competing against these billion dollar brands. The libertarian party has not spent a dime that I know of, um, advertising the libertarian party. I mean, look, look at Coca-Cola. I went to, when I was like in my twenties, I went to Tonga, which nobody even knows where this is, but it's like, it's near Fiji. It's like in the middle of the South Pacific. It's this is little tiny, tiny Island. We got off the plane. Like we we walked from the plane into an airport, which was like a bungalow um, to go through immigration. Um, and then from there, we got out, we got into like a little minivan and we drove through like grass fields on dirt roads and everything to get to um, the city, which was like, you know, an hour away. And in the middle of this, there's little shacks on the side of the road, like, every, you know, not even any place to stop for gas, just little shacks put together with with a couple of two by fours and, and some and some uh, compressed wood boards. Probably. And on the side of these things are painted, painted by hand, huge Coca-Cola logos and Coca-Cola actually invested like th these aren't people who just like coke so much they decided to build a little shack and paint this thing no coca-cola pays them to paint their little shacks coca-cola in the middle of nowhere and they do this all around the world and that's why they're such a huge brand and that's why they're so well known and like it around the entire world 
you have to spend money on advertising. And the Libertarian Party, I, I haven't seen a penny spent on any real kind of advertising and branding like that. And that's what's that's what's really, really missing. And we need that. And I think um, Josh Smith has been has been pushing that idea. Um, uh, I don't know if he's if he's totally in it the way that I see it, but I, I think he is. He definitely sees that like that's the direction we need to go into. You know, we need an advertising marketing campaign. We need to build the brand so people know what the libertarian brand is. And when they start seeing the candidates, they start supporting them. They start learning from them and and spreading that information. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of Gary Gary Vaynerchuk, so I'm really aware of marketing and stuff. And nice. I did not know that they were not spending money on marketing. That's concerning. I mean, I. Yeah, I mean, like, I I don't want to say they're not spending any at all, but I think that, the, yeah. like, I don't see them running social media ads. I don't see them running Super Bowl ads, um, which obviously are ridiculously, ridiculously expensive, but um, they're they're not. Yeah, I, I just don't see. I mean, I know they're sending out newsletters and, and other stuff, and I really don't want to talk shit about what they're not doing because I'm sure they're doing something. But I think what they are doing is just really small and it needs to be a lot, you know, much, much more. Yeah. I mean, just having a. I remember the LP in Nevada had a podcast for a while, and I don't. I don't think they're doing it anymore. I mean, just having a podcast—that's that's really great marketing. I mean, a lot of people just find stuff. Right. Every every once in a while, I'll just go through the iTunes. Well, I use pod. I use a podcatcher that uses the iTunes Store for a search engine. But I mean, like, I just look for stuff on there, and I find all kinds of stuff on there, and that's how I learn about a lot of different things. It's just like, oh, I didn't even hear about this new technology yet, but I've, yeah. I've heard of Bitcoin. But like, there could be lots of people who could just stumble on a podcast and be like, oh, now I know all about Bitcoin, just because people are podcasting about it. And if you're doing it yourself, I mean, hey, that's that's good marketing. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's uh, I've gotten a huge amount of exposure just uh, doing podcasts. We've done a ton of podcasts. I think like forty something so far. And we get people messaging us from the from the campaign, um, uh, you know, like, hey, yeah, I heard you on such and such podcast. And we're like, hey, that's that's awesome. And we really want to I mean, we want to reach out even further and we want to get uh, we're working on getting some like very left, like even like some like total commie podcasts um, to have us on to to have, you know, a civil discussion about um, libertarianism versus communism. Um and, and, and yeah, it's that's that's the thing we like. We can't just keep talking in the echo chamber chamber either. We need to get these ideas out to other people who who think differently about different things. And we need to figure out the messaging to those different niches. And there's so many different ways that, that we can do this. Um, but, it you know, it really comes down to having an effective strategy and, and, and just getting it getting it out there, even if you got to do, you know, man running paid ads we've been doing that with this campaign and we've we've gotten over a million people to see our videos that say taxation is theft and and how do you have a libertarian healthcare system that's better than what bernie sanders is offering um and, and that's huge because now you're getting people to think in a completely different way so we just need more of that and it hasn't i mean compared to what the the lp's annual budget is we haven't spent a fraction of that Oh, wow. So if we can get if we can get the LP to do that sort of thing with the budget that they have, uh, it, it could really, really be huge. Yeah, I, I mean, if they, ha they they should really look into just ha just just having a uh, a Libertarian Party podcast, officially Libertarian Party podcast. That's not a bad idea. Um, right. Speaking of communists, though, uh, we should delve right into a little foreign policy. So. Um, <laughs> What are your thoughts on uh, North Korea? I know there was a little bit of talk from North Korea a few years ago. I remember, what was it? Um, Nick's, I don't, I don't know who runs, maybe it was Nick Starbuck, maybe it's not. I don't know who runs the Libertarian Party Twitter. 
But there was a, a tweet that they released a few years ago, and they since deleted it, where they said that North Korea is the most libertarian party because they have no taxes and they have legal weed, uh, and a lot of, they got a lot of backlash from it. Um, so what have what are your thoughts about <laughs> North Korea and the state that it's wow, in right now? I haven't heard that before. Yeah, yeah. This, um, this was a while ago. It kind of, I don't think a lot of people remember it because they deleted it once. Because I think uh, Michael Malice chomped at him after that happened. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. Um, I mean, look, you you have a lot of countries around the world. I, I can talk about um, Uganda because I've been there, and you know, I Hasidiga this was Ibo interesting. <laughs> What's that? Hasidiga Ibolai. Oh, um, you know, um, Book, Book of Mormon. You ever seen that play? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to see it. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. So, so what's interesting is like, I mean, look, you, you have. I, I was out there because I met these libertarians. Um, that I, I met some. I met some total strangers in Uganda, and I totally went out just to hang out with them. Um, and uh, but it was it was awesome because they're they're libertarian, and and I got to see how their government works and their opinion on their government and everything. And it's it's really interesting to see. Now it's not North Korea. Um, but they are very restrictive on their free speech. Um, we were, we basically, we were at a university, we were having a talk about, about Liberty and, uh, they didn't have a license. And they told me after the, the entire event was over that because they didn't have a license, if the government knew that they were there having this event, that they could have sent the military in and arrested everybody just for organizing, just for speaking. Um, is, so it's it, you know they're not as well organized as North Korea, but they they are very um, uh, totalitarian. So, but what's interesting is like like the United like not even the United States, but most of these people in the Libertarian Party um, or in the in the Liberty groups of Uganda and and they had people coming from all over Africa. Um, they understand that like foreign aid is a bad thing. They're not asking for the United States to come in and help. They're asking for individuals um, like myself to go and help and, and, and spread their ideas and, and give their information. And they're trying to spread their information within their own communities. And what's really important about that is, like, we can't fix their problems by sending a military over and just shutting down their government or replacing it with something else. Or It, it doesn't work that way. I mean, the same thing wouldn't work here. If if I could just somehow go up to the White House and kick the door in and say, ha, I'm king president now, that wouldn't turn this into a libertarian country because the people are still not libertarian. And they would they would hate me for that. And they would say, no, get this guy out of here. Let's put Trump back in or somebody like Trump because that's what they want. Um the same in North Korea. There's, I know a lot of people don't like that government, but a lot of people do actually worship that government. It is, it's, and it's, it's not necessarily out of a desire, but out of a fear to continue supporting that. Um, but once you, once you awaken that, that desire for freedom within people and you get them over those fears of what the government's going to do to them, then you can actually start to create a free society. So more importantly than saying, you know, North Korea is a bad place and we should go to war with them or we should implement sanctions on their government. We should realize, no, when we implement sanctions on their government, we're actually making conditions worse for their people. And instead we should be communicating with their people and spreading ideas of freedom. And there, there are organizations already doing that. Like there, there was, um, there's an organization where I think all they do is they, they raise, to, to get um, USB sticks and throw all kinds of like freedom information on there um, and smuggle them into North Korea and give them to people so that the people in North Korea can learn to be free. And once enough people hit, uh, and once you hit like a critical mass, 
you're going to have so many people that are not willing to be controlled by the government that the government is going to lose control and they're going to, you know, they're, they're going to start breaking down and into an actual democracy at some point. Yeah. Um, that's a lot of what happened with the USSR. It was one of the main, main, uh, one of the things was that they were starting to see Western television and they were wondering, Hey, how come this maid in the United States is, it can afford like a, a fur coat, but you know, I can't even, you know, I'm not a maid. You know, I'm I'm working on some factory line. I should I'm a higher I should be higher in the social status, and I can't even afford food. What's going on here? That's one of the things right. that kind of broke down the whole culture. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So yeah, some of those USB sticks are really important. Yeah, yeah, and they fly them over in balloons. It's kind of interesting <laughs> what's going on in North Korea. But uh, speaking yeah. of Trump, so he was just impeached. Uh, <laughs> and I'm loving watching everybody like, yeah, he's finally no, out of he office. No, he wasn't. Yeah, like, <laughs> he's finally out of office. It's like, that's not what impeachment is. Right. So what are your thoughts about the whole impeachment thing going on? Oh, I'm or- just... I'm just waiting for, for uh, you know, Pence to step up and say, well, I'm the king now and, and we're going to electric. <laughs> um, it, yeah, it's, uh, it's. Look, here's the thing. The, the you know, this is Congress impeaching the president. These are our quote unquote representatives. They don't give a fuck about us. Nope. They really don't. They hate Trump. So they're getting rid of Trump. They're not doing that for us. Um, you, you have like. If they cared about us, they would be looking into the ATF and the, and the guns that they've been running. They'd be looking into the the Jeffrey Epstein suicide. Who Jeff, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. Um, they put quotation marks around suicide. But go ahead. Yeah, air quotes. Um, they'd be looking into all this corruption and all this like missing trillions of dollars in the Federal Reserve, and you know, getting rid of the ATF and the Department of Education, which is a complete failure, which is just like hemorrhaging money and taking it out of the school system. Like they, they do something about that. They do something about the illegal wars that we're involved in, but no, they, they're, they're worried that he didn't give money to Ukraine that, that they shouldn't have been giving in the first place. Um, it, it's it's absolutely insane, and they're and they're costing us more money to investigate all those, and it's it's really just bullshit. But, but um, the late night host says that he's Orange Man bad. Do you don't say yeah. Orange Man bad? You disagree with Orange Man bad? I n- no, I mean I don't want to say that, <laughs> I don't want to say that he's good either. I mean, look at the bill he just passed. That was that was completely. What bill did he just what, passed? Did I miss something? Yeah, there's he, he um it, it was like an an everything you know it was like an all you can eat buffet. Um, he raised the smoking age to 21 nationally. I don't know how that's going to work, but supposedly you can't buy cigarettes unless you're 21 now. Um, he he increased the military spending. He got funding for the wall. He got funding for for what is it the space uh uh space force. Um, it's it, it's insane. And this passed, and they signed it. All and of course, this is all while while the distraction of the impeachment is going on. Um, so it's not like he's a great guy, um, but the, the, the shit that they're impeach impeach him over war crimes. He's still involved in these wars, um, which Congress still hasn't signed. A, you know, as Congress still hasn't declared war on anybody, but we're still dropping bombs. He's still dropping bombs. Just like every other president before him, charge him with war crimes. Why not? 
Yeah. Oh, oh, well, yeah, because so, so this is what both it says. parties are involved. Yeah, I just pulled it up. So it's uh, the legal age of smoking and e-cigarettes in the United States could raise to 21 in 2020. A new law passed by Congress raised the age from 18 to 21. Now, see, I was concerned because I was like, well, what else are they doing with this? Uh, is it just e-cigarettes and smoking? Because you said smoking. And then it was also for all other tobacco products. And I have a problem with that because I'm a, I'm a firm believer in these uh, Swedish news, the Swedish news thing. I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with Swedish news at all. Yeah, I have, it's like a, it's like a dip, right? It's almost, yeah, it's like what dip came from. You put it in your upper lip. Uh, it's pasteurized, so it doesn't have the, uh, like the TSNA levels, which is like the carcinogens. They're like the same as like a cup of coffee. And it's like the safest kind of alternative to smoking. Um, and I'm a big fan of nicotine. I think nicotine is a great neurostimulant. And now this is going to be 21. It's like, but why though? Yeah, it's it's insane. I mean, look, I get the idea that you don't want kids to smoke cigarettes and get yeah. addicted when they're young. Okay, that's fine. But, you know, when you start passing laws and say, well, so if we catch you, if we catch you with a fake ID trying to buy cigarettes, well, you're going to jail. You're getting a criminal record. You're, you're going to create so much more damage than the cigarettes are going to cause. I don't know if that's really true because cigarettes are, are really pretty bad. But yeah. it's like I get it. But it's like you got to let people make their own bad decisions. I mean, it, as much as it sucks to say that, people are going to make bad. I made plenty of bad decisions in my life. Um, like I, I probably would have been a felon from selling weed for so many years. Um, it, like it, just for possession of the amounts that I had. At I mean, some theoretically, time. theoretically, it, it's yeah. oh no, yeah. I, I I openly admit that. <laughs> oh, okay, uh, <laughs> it's, but I but I never got caught. But if I did, I'd be a felon, and I wouldn't have any voting rights. I wouldn't be able to own a gun. Like all, all of this nonsense that comes along with it, and it's like it's it's so stupid. Yeah, you can like, get over an addiction, should... but not a conviction. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, that sucks. Ah. <sighs> Which means that, like, I'm going to get carded every time I go get get snooze now. It's like... Yeah, right? Cause I get, yeah, because what was it before? You you have to look 30. Yeah. You have to be over over 18 and look 30. Now it's going to be you have to be over 21 and look 50. Yeah. And I don't look I don't look 50 yet. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, it's, it's insane, man. Yeah. Um, so, hmm. Are there any caucuses that you support? Or is there any caucuses supporting you at this moment? Or have, I, they, have I, they made any decisions yet? I love all the caucuses. Oh, I um, love all of them. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I like I'm I don't even understand. I, I don't even know, like, how many I'm officially a member of. Um, but I like really the way I see it is like, hey, these are the clicks. Um, there's a lot of great people. They all have different different groups. I'm friends with a lot of them in the in the Radical Caucus, the Audacious Caucus, the Pineapple Caucus, the Pineapple Pizza Caucus. Um, there, you know, there's, there's so many caucuses. The, the, the Mises caucus is a huge one. Um, and I, I have a lot of friends in those groups and I'm, I'm in like some of their Facebook groups and, and I don't know if I'm officially a member of like some of the others, but it's like, you know, it's, it's really great to kind of move from circle to circle. And I guess I've always kind of been that kind of person where I can go, you know, I, I can kind of, I guess, because I don't fit in anywhere, I fit in everywhere. Um, but I, I think it's really interesting to hear um, that, you know, they all have a different focus and, and a focus of interest. And I think that's, if anything, that kind of helps me be a balanced libertarian um, as far as all my positions, because I don't, you know, I don't go into these places and say, well, you guys are wrong. I like to go in and, and hear, okay, 
what's your what are your positions and how can we create you know the perfect libertarian utopia where even all of the caucuses can you know can get what they want um so i think that's uh yeah it's it's an interesting um layout that we got out there yeah I do like the Audacious Caucus as much as I dislike them, but I, I'm always a fan of Rabble Rousing, so <laughs> right. I can't turn them down. And also James Weeks, uh, co-host of the, of the Lulberts. Uh, yeah, he's a um, he's I think he's like probably one of the founding members or something like that. I think that kind of that whole thing kind of got created once he got kicked out of the Radical Caucus for dancing in his phone. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah, they I think they they say it's the it's the Radical Wing of the Radical Caucus. Or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, or the extreme wing of the radical. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, it, it's interesting though. And, uh, you know, I know I, they get a lot of hate, um, uh, thrown on them for, for, you know, doing the things that they do, but, um, at the same, and, and I don't agree with everything that they do. Um, nobody but, agrees you know, with everything everyone does. So, I mean, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we, we have to, we have to learn to kind of get over that and, and still be able to be friends with, with people, you know, even if they do a couple things we don't like. Yeah. You're fine with infighting though, right? not really i mean i joke about it all the time but i don't i don't really like to participate i kind of stay away from all that drama um ready for office so (laughs) but no you know it's what pisses me off about that is like when when i have a friend who's like oh don't hang out with that guy because he's doing this and that and it's like well they haven't done anything to offend me and i haven't seen publicly what you're talking about so like for all i know this is just like some some gossip that's going around and i don't want to be in the middle of that i like I need to, I need to live my own life. I'm not living your life. So, and it's, it's tough because, you know, when you've got two friends that are, that are battling and it's like, Hey guys, like, don't bring me, <laughs> don't tear me apart through, through this. Right. That's right. Um, yeah, it's, it, it, it does kind of suck, but, um, I, I think I've been able to, uh, you know, tell them that that's, that's, that really is my position. And until somebody becomes a problem for me, um, they're, you know, I, I'm still, you know, my friends are my friends. So, hey, um, I, I know people who I'm not going to name names, but anybody who's listened to this show is no one knows exactly who I'm talking about. Who's running for president right now. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Like I, I know people who still like them in spite of the things that are going around about them. And it's like, all right, that's fine. But, uh, I'm not going to hang out with them. So if you're going to hang out with them, that's fine. Just do it over there and I'll be over here. And then when you're done, we can hang out. So yeah, I can understand that. But, um, I think we're going to get into some more contentious things now, uh, more contentious than abortion. So what do you think of the new Star Wars movie? Have you seen it yet? <laughs> I haven't. I've, I've, yeah. So I, I have. I well, so here's the thing. I live I live like maybe an hour from the closest theater. So it's I got to go take a take a trip to go see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been hearing that it just sucks so bad that I'm kind of like, eh, do I really? But like. At the same time, a lot of people said that about the last couple episodes, and and I was I, I thought those were good. I mean, you go in with low expectations, and you know they're they're decent movies. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. So, uh, but probably I will. I I will say I'm probably going to go see it in the theaters because ever since they they did like the remakes of the the first you know episode four, five, six back in like. 2000 something yeah. i've seen like every star wars movie in the theater so i guess i can't break tradition now even if it sucks oh, that was the 90s yeah it was right before episode one came out yeah yeah they did the right. run and then they came out with so yeah um i ended up seeing the other night i saw cats and rise of skywalker opening night for both of them uh and then i tweeted that um 
I said that I saw the saw both of them, and uh, one was a cringy shit show that appeals to absolutely no one and shits on its forty year legacy, but had really good music. The other one was about cats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking like, that could that could work for cats too. Yeah, because um, that's like a that's like an old play, right? Um, yeah, yeah, it was uh, eighty one. So it's it's about as old as Star Wars, yeah, or Star Empire, right? I think I, I didn't realize. I've seen all these posts about cats going around, and I didn't realize they just made a movie out of it. Mm. I, I, I totally, I don't even have a TV. I stay out of that loop. <laughs> it's, it's horrifying, <laughs> and like I'm not, I'm not a big cats fan. I don't like hate it. It's like one of my least favorite musicals, and I, I, I like Andrew Lloyd Webber. I think Phantom of the Opera is brilliant, and I was like, uh, I saw the trailers for this, and I was like, oh, that looks like pure nightmare fuel. And the movie, uh, yeah, it looks like they they abandoned it in post production, but it was terrible. And I was not a fan of Rise of Skywalker. In fact, I thought Rise of Skywalker was worse. Um, but wow, other contentious issue. So you're uh, you're involved with the Pineapple Pizza Contest uh, Caucus. I know that you run the legalizedpineapplepizza.com. dot com. What was the website? Right, pineapple pizza uh, legalizedpineapplepizza dot org. But why though? <laughs> um. Because it's awesome. No, so, so this... Um, go ahead. Okay. So <laughs> this this I actually caught on to a while ago, and I saw people fighting pineapple pizza, and I'm like, I'm like, really? And then I was like, you know what? This would be a really great metaphor for the drug war because nobody should tell you what you can or can't put on your put into your own body, right? Um. So why why are we why are we fighting over this? <laughs> like, if you don't want, like, I may not agree with what you put on your pizza, but I will defend to the death your right to eat it. Right? That's Anchovy that's what games. we should be saying about this this drug war. And um, it, what's funny is, so after after I started this whole legalized pineapple pizza thing, uh, the prime minister of Iceland came out and said, "Man, we should ban pineapple pizza," and uh, and that backfired on him. It pissed off a lot of people, and then so he had to come out with a public apology over it. And uh, and then a couple of months later, the Department of Homeland Security issued a memo and if you go to legalizedpineapplepizza.org the mem- the memo is there and it said the russians are trying to infiltrate our social media and get us to fight over little things like whether or not pineapple belongs on pizza so this is this is <laughs> department of homeland security legitimate threat now so wait 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 are you saying that the only reason why i hate pineapple on pizza is because of the russians <laughs> absolutely <laughs> yes okay. yes damn it yes Damn it's, Russians it's are into everything. Them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm of the opinion like you can put whatever you want on a pizza. I think it's pineapples and tomatoes don't don't mix well. They just don't. Uh, but I am an aspiring pizza aola, so I, I mean, if you want to put pe- pepper, uh, pineapple on pizza, it's fine. I, when I make pineapple pizza, I don't use tomato sauce. I use uh, sweet chili sauce and it's almost like a dessert. It's really good. Yeah, I was gonna say, like now that you mention like pineapple and tomato sauce don't go together, I'm thinking like, yeah, that, that really does sound kind of disgusting. How have I been? <laughs> but I guess I guess a lot of the pizza that I get, it doesn't have. It's not like it has like a whole lot of sauce on there usually. Yeah, it doesn't have a whole so, lot of pineapple either. So yeah, maybe that's why. Hey, the power just came back. Oh yay! <laughs> You're not bugging out anymore. <laughs> yeah, beeping is done. Uh, now you're awesome. not a real libertarian. Now you're on the grid. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I have one more question to ask you after this, but I think w- that it will be a closing question. But uh, right. like, where can they find more about your campaign, where you stand on things and all that stuff? Pimper right. So uh, Berman2020.com is the website that's got links to all the social media. So there's um, uh, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. 
Um, we're always posting awesome stuff. You can donate there at the page at Berman2020.com. And right now we're trying to raise 1,000 donations of $5 a month. So if you can spare $5 a month, buy me a cup of coffee, coffee every month. Um, cov, cov fifi. Um, five bucks a month. And that's going to get us enough money to get to all these conventions that we're going to. Um, right now we're, we're, uh, we're committed to go 10, um, but there are, there are, you know, at least a dozen others we'd like to go to. Um, so if we can secure all those donations, we'll be able to make it to more of these. Um, if you want to give more than that, you're absolutely welcome to. Um, and if you want to volunteer, we have a lot of, um, really great information, uh, that, uh, that we're sending out. So, uh, we've got basically flyers that explain taxation is theft. What's that all about? How are we going to pay for police and fire departments? Um, we have this little trifold brochure that's got a lot of really great information out there and we send it out to volunteers, um, for free, or you can make a donation, uh, to cover the cost. Um, but we want to get this information out there to as many people as we can. And we already have tens of thousands of these, of these things going out. Um, that probably, more than 20 or 30 or 40,000 if you include like all these little flyers and everything that we have. Now, another thing that we're going to be doing is we're going to be partnering. We have this thing called the SWAT team, which is um, skilled warriors against or abolishing taxes um, just because, you know, SWAT, whatever. Um, we're going to kick down doors and, and shut the government down. Um, we're or shut, shut the taxes down. I shouldn't say shut the government down. That sounds, that sounds terrible to <laughs> people outside of our echo chamber, but um <laughs> But the idea with the SWAT team is we're not doing this on our own. We're doing this with a partnership with other candidates who are running for U.S. Congress, state house, mayor, dog catcher, everything else. Um, and and what we're going to do is um, so we've got Nick Wildstar, who's running for governor in Fresno, California. Um, you know, as an example, we're going to partner with him. We're going to have flyers that have all this information about how taxation is theft it's going to have both of our images on there so when people get this it's not just one crazy guy with a big yellow hat that's running for president it's oh wow there's there's somebody running for a local office too um and and we also have twice as many volunteers because we've got my volunteers and his volunteers uh we've got twice as much money to spend on on printing these things because we've got my fundraising and his fundraising um and we we share those costs and we're able to reach so many more people. So um, so that's if you go to Berman2020.com slash SWAT. If you're interested in running for an office um, and you want to work with us, that's where you would go and, and uh, fill out a form and give us some information and, and um, uh, we'll reach out to you. And, and yeah, that's, that's going to be a, a huge thing that we're doing with this campaign also. Uh, but yeah, everything is on the website as far as policies and platforms and donations and, and joining and volunteering and everything. And I'll put all those links in the, uh, in the doobly-doo. But, um, awesome. So, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Absolutely. The best Christmas movie Hashtag ever. not my president. <laughs> Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. <laughs> All right. Worms, man. <laughs> <laughs>